Um, and that's okay. And sometimes I may not be where you want me ever, uh, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep making the effort to do better, be better. Um, and I think that all of us have that responsibility, but it is a, it's on me to take responsibility for my actions. So I wanted to start your show like that because I want people in our community to know that uh, I certainly take every grievance that black women have had in Southeast San Diego uh, seriously. And wherever those concerns are, I want to talk to you. Uh, if you don't want to talk to me, that's fine too. But I want you to know that I, that I apologize, that I'm taking steps um, and actions to do better in regard to respecting the black women leaders Amen. of our community and, 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 and not making you feel left aside or pushed aside. Um, and some, some of those black women I have even recuperated with and started to try to uh, work on things with. It's a slow process, but it's going where it needs to go. And like I said, I met with Tasha Williamson, um, who had many issues with me over the years and, and, and probably still does. But, uh, how I talk about them and how I deal with the issues now uh, are different, under a different tone and under a different perspective. Uh, and, and so I, I certainly think that it's beholden to all of us, Bishop, as black men to do better. And I want to do better as a black man in regard to our black women. So I just want to say that at the outset. Um, okay. Because there have been there have been black women in our community who have felt pushed aside, who have felt like I didn't respect their leadership. And I came in to all of this very young and made a lot of mistakes, uh, which is why I know that I, I need to address them and, and, and grow from them. And that's what I'm trying to do. So I, I hope that women and leaders in our community forgive me for the mistakes I've made, for the times you felt brushed aside wrong, uh, and, and do know that I see those things, I care about those things, and I'm taking responsibility for those things. And, and let me also say this at the outset of that. I think that sometimes, Bishop, we give white men more uh, of a pass than we give black men. Thank you. When black men make mistakes. Huh? I said thank you. I know you can barely hear me because I have the phone right. Let me pull it up like this so you can hear me better. I said thank you, bro. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because, you know, you know, um, I have seen, you know, some mistakes that I have made. Um, you know, and they are, they, they are important. Um, but I've seen white men do just as worse, uh, if, if not worse. And uh, our black women, our black men, our black people, we just forgive. We just pass on. But then when those in our communities make mistakes, we seem to want to haunt them and hush them <laughs> and get over them and stand over them and not give them the chance to, right. to grow up, to expand, to evolve. And so... Um, you know, I, I'm trying to do the best that I can, and, and I want our black women and our leaders in our community to know that I'm open, I'm here, I want to talk to you, I'm in it with you. We all have different issues we're fighting on, but I'm in solidarity. In any way that I can improve, please holler at me. Holler at me. Meet up with me. Let's talk uh, so that we can address those issues, and, and let's move forward as a community. I'm trying to do that. I'm sure other people are trying to do that. We already have too many people attacking us. We cannot afford to attack us at the same time, so... I just wanted to say that at the outset, um, if that was okay, Bishop. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad that you did say it. And one of the things that I, I truly want to say that, you know, when you when you talk about, because um, uh, I like what you're saying about we give the white man a pass, but black men won't. And then on the other side of that coin, what I see a lot is when white men do act up and because they're in, white, they're in the power and white supremacy and all of that, when they do act up, right, uh, not only do they do, do they, 
jump in and start attacking a white man, but they start attacking a black man who who does not have that same power exactly. and everything else, right? So on one end, when it's a negative yeah. thing towards a black white man, they include us. But when it's the positive things and they forgive and all those, we're not included. We're still the dogs in the lower life. So so yes, it has to be an even le a le a level playing field and and fair ground uh, in treatment and so on. And you know, one of the things that I and and and, and there's and there's black women who have protected. Uh, black men too, and I don't want to ignore that subject. I mean, there have been lots of times where black women have stepped in to protect black women, black men, um, and and there have been times where black men have stepped in to protect black women. But I, I want our black women to know that I truly care about you. I respect you. Amen. Uh, and 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 I would never want to hurt you uh, on purpose. And if I have, just know it wasn't intentional. Uh, and I am learning from those experiences, and I plan to do a lot better. Um, and making sure that our black women and our black voice, black women's voices are heard and respected. Um, and, and, and if there's a press conference or if there's an event and I'm not leading it, it's a black woman. I'll be there to support you. Just call me, send me an email so I know it's happening. And I'm there. I want to support. Um, I'm not just here to, to, to be on the forefront or be in the front of the camera. I don't care about that. There was a time where I did. Uh, but it's about now the work, the work of addressing inequity in our communities. And, 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 and I support our black women uh, in their leadership and their efforts to to accomplish that. So I just wanted to say that at the outset um, yeah. on Ice Cube. Before you say, say, say something about IQ, let subject. me just say this right quick, and then we can you can go on. You know, and when we talk about protecting uh, black women, how black women protect black men and things like that, and we know the stats have yeah. actually shown and proven and shown that the most loyal person to a black man is a black woman, right? She's real loyal yeah. no matter what. And so we most definitely, I'm married to a black right. woman and got two black daughters and I have four black sisters, right? So so I clearly understand and, 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 and know that, and I, I most definitely... Uh, uh, appreciate that when it comes to a black woman. Been married 34 years to a black woman. You know what I mean? Got two daughters. So, and and I know how they operate and how they work. They do get your back. Where I'm, where I am, in the sense of not being a failure because of my wife, right? And, and it's a backbone that got right. my back. And sometimes she's my advisor, right? She gives me advice and and sometimes woo me the wrong way. Sometimes I don't listen. Then I I hit my head and she says, yeah, "I told you." <laughs> they see things we can't see. And they there they there to be that suitable help me, right? To help you and you know, of course, help yeah. her along the way too and things like that. So I appreciate you uh, saying that. The only thing I I I issue that I have sometimes is that don't include us all in the negative, right? Because whenever having that saying, we can't protect you and be your target at the same time, like, who are you talking to? Because I, I, I never hit my wife. I never even cussed at my wife. You right. know what I mean? There's been never, my kids and girls yeah, seen and no I, domestic never, violence. And I, and I, you know, and so I who are they talking hit, to? I've never hit a black woman. <laughs> yeah. never put my hands on a black woman. I don't believe in that. Um, I, I'm not an assault person. I think my biggest issue has been putting my foot in my mouth. And, and you know, not... I'm big at uh, that too. Black women to the, not pushing black women to the forefront when I've had the opportunity, right? I'm in a position, um, have been in a position of some kind of power, right? Or some kind of leadership. Right. And sometimes, you know, as black men in the movement, we push our black women aside. We don't give them the platform. And uh, those are the mistakes that I've made um, and, and, and not hearing those black women out and uh, sort of just moving very quickly in my activism and passing everybody so quickly, including black women. So I, I just want our black women to know I'm here. I'm, 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 you got my ear. Uh, it, my, it took you some time. Uh, my apologies.
uh, but I'm, I'm here to talk and, and I'm totally uh, willing to 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 build uh, 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 with you and, 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 and respect you on the platform. So Amen. I just want to hit that at the outset. Okay. Um, as, as, and you know what, B before I go to Ice Cube, there's a lot of history there, right? I mean, I, I, I grew up without both of my parents. Um, and so obviously there's a lot of trauma there. Yeah. Um, and then, absolutely, you know, I grew up in the foster care system and I didn't experience the better side of of black women in the system. Um, you know, I was raised by, you know, a couple of, of foster parents and one of them happened to be a black woman. And there was a lot of bad history there and a, a lot of abuse and neglect. So I think that yeah. a lot of that experience sort of spilled into my adulthood. And I've had a lot of reframing to do in my mind about the trauma of my childhood. And I've been dealing with a lot of that and, 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 and seeing a therapist, I encourage my black brothers out there who, who, you know, God is there. Jesus is real, but get you some therapy. It, it's, it's good. It's healthy. I'm trying to do it. I've talked to a therapist. I'm going to continue talking to the therapist and, and trying to deal with my mental health. I think it's something that we all have to do. Um, and I'm trying to take it very seriously. I hope you do too, but, Amen. but yeah, yeah, through all of that, I've, I've had a chance to learn a lot and evolve a lot through all of that. And, and, and sometimes I just wanted to start the show like that, Bishop, yeah. because sometimes uh, our community doesn't have the update. Everybody's not on Shane Harris's page. So everybody hasn't seen the apologies or the conversation and that's okay. But uh, everywhere I can, especially community conversations like this, I want our community to know I am taking initiative. I have apologized and I am addressing uh, um, even, uh, you know, uh, getting therapy and doing other things uh, to, to grow as an individual. So, yeah. Amen. 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 I appreciate that. So, yeah. So go ahead. You was going to yeah. talk about Ice Cube here. Let's let's <laughs> let's get on it. <laughs> yeah. So Ice Cube, um, you know, this whole Ice Cube thing is is has been a controversial issue over the last few days. And I tweeted on my page, you know, See how y'all get distracted. You know, now we're focusing on Ice Cube and what he said and who he talked to and all this instead of registering the vote, focusing on the propositions in our state, focusing on the local measures and the local leaders who are going to really run our government. But Ice Cube really wanted to get his contract for Black, Ameri for Black America at the forefront of the DNC and the RNC. And he put it in front of Biden and he put it in front of Trump. And he wanted both candidates to see the contract for black with black America uh, in this contract. It deals with all kinds of equity and, 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 you know, uh, uh, entrepreneurship and, and funding for new entrepreneurs and, you know, black entrepreneurs and, and black businesses and, and, and really this robust, I think it's asking for like 500 million. I think he could have asked for more on that or, you know, but it really is this robust plan that he put together uh, along with a coalition of, of, of black uh, entertainers and some leaders, I think, you know, spoke to him on it. And he, and, he, and he wanted to put it at the forefront of both Biden and Trump, two people running for president. One is the incumbent, uh, President Trump, and then Joe Biden. And, you know, people got mad because Donald Trump picked it up and he ran it. You know, he ran with it. He started using things with it. Now, whatever his intentions are, that had nothing to do with Ice Cube. All Ice Cube was trying to do was put it at the forefront of both candidates, just like I've done in the past, just like you have done, and was trying to say that 
need something for our community because too often there's this people of color conversation and minorities and then we somehow get clouded <laughs> thank in, you as we have for 400 years into the pot where we where they put us all in the pot and guess what they address everybody else's issue in the pot and we get left aside when we've done probably near the most work in this country we built most of this country right. we established most of the country we did slavery in the most biggest way and we have not been repaid supported stood with or anything That's for right. 400 years and so ice cube just wanted both candidates to see this is what we need this is what our community needs will you commit to this will you play with it will you expand it and donald trump of course picked some of it up and put it in his platinum plan and 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 talked about how ice cube met with black with uh with the trump uh, uh with the trump team the campaign team uh -huh. he didn't even meet with donald trump okay you know he didn't even meet with Donald Trump. He met with the leadership uh, in that campaign and offered the same opportunity to leadership in the uh, DNC. Amen. And, you know, and that's the thing, right? You know, because like I, when I when I saw the backlash that came from uh, uh, Ice Cube, you know, he's on a on a like he's a public figure, celebrity. He's on a national level, you know, yeah. real popular, man. I got four. He got what? Four million followers just on Twitter. And so he's real popular yeah. and, and things like that, you know, and I'm down here on a real, real lower level. And I know what I went through. So I can imagine what he went right. through, you know, just because you do something to go against the grain or like he said and like others said. And this is the problem. Nobody likes an independent think black man that can think for himself. Right. You know, we have to go along with the liberal right. plan and, and think like them and so on. So I, I, I'm really down right. with that. You know, I, I looked at um, uh, Ice Cube's uh, contract with black America. I think it's better than nothing. Uh, I do. I, there's some things that I think could be tweaked in it as far as, uh, you know, like you were just saying, he'll say other people then in some uh, mandates, he wasn't even mentioning black people, just speaking in general. So I think that he needed to be more specific yeah. in every item he addressed specifically for black people. You know, I went and looked at, you know, and we'll get into this later about the mayor, but I even when they looked at their policies over again and over again and stuff, and I don't see no contract with, I don't see no black agenda. They mentioned black people, <laughs> black people and people of color, black people and others. <laughs> you know, why it's gotta be, let's be specific. Specific. Why are you scared to say this is specific for black people? Which leads me to, uh, I don't know if you had anything else you want to say about um, Ice Cube, but I agree with Ice Cube. I think what he what he did is right. And I think that he has a right yeah. to meet with either party, whatever, because we're trying to get things going and so on. I know people, oh, he's going to use this and try to win. Well, if he's going to win, he's going to win. Look, ain't nobody more tired than Trump than I am. You know, I'd rather see him go. Yeah. I'd rather see yeah, him go, you man. Know, you know, let, you know? Let me, and you know, let me... Let me say something about that. You know, Donald Trump has exploited a lot of causes. And and Joe Biden has exploited Thank some you. causes to make the case to make the case in his campaign. And what Ice Cube basically was doing was Ice Cube is taking this contract and this concept to both campaigns. He's given both campaigns the opportunity. One campaign took it and ran some ads and started a, a, a plan that Trump campaign called the platinum plan he announced that in atlanta georgia and then you know and then you got the biden campaign both campaigns he talked to both campaigns you know i has traditionally not been involved in politics so he's trying to get involved civically engaged i applaud him for that and then he's trying to basically say this is an opportunity for black people what are you going to do specifically for us with us. 
And that's a fair argument. Because when you look around this country in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, Bishop, you see over 40% of Black-owned businesses are going under. They're not getting the support from the federal grants and the, and the, and the, and the funding and the support system from the federal government uh, uh, and, and even on the local levels and the state levels. Uh, they're not getting the support out of all of the other business mm -hmm. uh, 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 community and, and the businesses and, and all of the other issues, right? We always get thrown into this big pot and there's never a specific focus on us. Cube said, what is the focus for us? How are you going to deliver for us? How are you going to support us? And I want to talk to both campaigns, and he has that right. You know, we can't get to a place where Democrats, or because it is so bad, and I'm going to tell you, Donald Trump is out of his mind. There's a lot of things that he's, he, he just absolutely he just has no, no competence, no yeah, conscience. Yeah. You know, there's things that he didn't even have to do that he just does. I don't know why he does it. Yeah. Uh, and certainly, and it's like he's trying you know, to rub stuff in our concerning. face. Right. It, well, yeah. But then on the other side of this, you know, you don't want to become what you don't like. And right. I feel like for the Democrats, what 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 they have to be cautious of is that they don't lose people like me and you because we want to talk to everybody. We want to talk right. to all sides. We want to have a discussion with everybody at the table, the Trumps, the this, the Bidens, yep. the that, the this person, yep. that person to talk to everybody. Yes. Yep. And we should have the right and the standing to talk to whoever we want because we've put too much work in in this country not to have the freedom to do stuff. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% because it goes right locally. Like when you talk about people like, um, what's her name, Kristen Gasper uh, or, or Nathan Fletcher yeah. or, or like with, with me, I'm out in East County. So uh, the choice that I have is from uh, what's that guy named Voss or Hoss or whatever his name is. And Joel Anderson, right? Yeah. And and so you know, we, yeah. you know, and so hey, look, I had a conversation with with uh, Joel Anderson and so on. I feel he's more criminally um, reform mind reform minded than any of them, but all of them are, are pro police. And I think that's part of the problem, and not so much being pro police, but what what is part of the problem is people think that just because you for reform, you're against uh, police, right? Uh, and that's not necessarily true, yeah. you know. And so I, I you know, I know, I, I know people who are abolitionists. They believe in abolishing the police department, right? And so I don't step in the way of that if that's what they want to do. And, and so as long as you have a system yeah. to replace it, that will work for all of us. That's uh, uh, the way I feel about it. But right now, it, uh, nobody's not moving that way. In it from right here, right now, we can still right. talk about it, but all you're doing is talking about it, you know, because ain't nothing going to happen right. right now. And so we got to sit down and talk right. with both sides. We got to sit down and try to uh, have some power at the table uh, uh, when we're trying to move things, right? And so the only way you're going to do that is to sit down and talk with people, get people to understand where you're coming from, and try to move them a little bit, you know, um, uh, in the right and, in and the direction people, we want to go. And people that you disagree with. It, that's what I'm talking and about. And people yes. that you disagree with. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, 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 you know, having said that, you know, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm for uh, Ice Cube, what he's doing and so on. You know, I know he can tweak his plan, but hey, he's doing something. And he brought a conversation to the table again. Uh, and he's also supporting um, ADO, ADOS, ADOS and so on. Uh, he mentioned and talked about that, which I think is good because ADOS, what I like about them and um, their, their leadership from the perspective of their black agenda. I mean, they really nail it down. They really bring it and make it clear to you. They've done the research and so on. And when you've done that, hey, ain't nothing I can say. I mean, I don't agree with everything that 
the, some in, some in the leadership is, but I do agree with the platform. <laughs> That's for sure, one hundred percent. With with Ado's platform. Um, also, I, I think like when we move, we switch to uh, shift to these these uh, propositions, right? When you talk about these propositions, yeah. there are a lot of propositions out there, and I know that some are debatable, you know, like like Prop 15 on one side, other side. <laughs> but there are some that you know that I think is important, and I want to talk about it is especially Prop 16 and Prop 20 because this, you know, at first when I, you know, there's a couple of things. When well, well at, would you mind? Would you mind if we? Would you mind if we started with Prop 15? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> Cause I know you oppose it, so, right? So here's the thing. <laughs> I'm for it. So here's I, the I'm thing. I'm for it. <laughs> I, I I am opposing Prop 15, and here's why. Bishop, we have seen the black the, the suspension rates of black of black uh, youth in San Diego Unified School Districts. The highest suspension rates out of all of the other races. African-American youth, and particularly black foster youth. That was at the top of a study that SDSU just did. Uh, over 40% of black youth are suspended uh, within San Diego Unified School District. When you take that to a state level, it gets worse. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm concerned about. Over 40%, I believe, over 40% of our tax dollars, and, and Prop 15 is basically would collect... Uh, taxes from oh, us and going to multiple spaces. Uh, one of them would be the school system. And I believe over 50% of, of those funds would go into the education system, public education. My concern is that they say Prop 15 is going to not affect small businesses. It's only going to affect the Disneylands and the big businesses. $3 million or state. more. Yeah. Right, three million dollars. But here's my concern, Bishop, is that the same way AB five which was implemented, which I believe was. Did you agree with uh, AB five? Really, really, really. Huh? Did you agree with AB five? Absolutely not. I Me mean, neither. Not. Yeah. It was implemented. It, it was implemented the wrong way. Um, Lorena Gonzalez did not do enough homework and did not do enough, uh, 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 you know, gathering information and, and a support base around. Uh, AB5, and it, 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 you know, she's been under a great amount of pressure uh, from journalists, from Uber and Lyft drivers, from people in our communities who are just not for the way AB5 was implemented. And, and Todd Gloria co-authored that legislation, but I could talk more about that later. Here's what I'm saying. Yes, I believe we need to fund our public education system. Absolutely. I believe that we need to fund our firefighters and those, uh, uh, you know, our first responders and all of that. Yes, I believe we need to fund our public education system. What I don't believe in, Bishop, is a top-heavy public uh, uh, education system that is not focused on addressing the disproportionality and the racial bias within our school system. And I don't believe that giving my taxpayer dollars to a piece of legislation that I don't know will actually not affect small businesses because too many think that that's not what's going to happen. NAACP, California State, is against this legislation. And the National Action Network, among so many other groups, are against this because it has been very clear that it will affect small businesses. It says that it won't affect small businesses, but 
that's not going to happen. We all know that's not going to happen. Realistically, it's going to affect small businesses. And the small businesses in the urban in the urban epicenters are already beat, already struggling, have already not gotten the support. Now to add another tax on top of them, to me, is a fraudulent way to fund our public education system. There are multiple ways we can fund our public education and some of the other things that Prop 15 says it would fund without hurting our, our small businesses. How do you and think it would hurt the small businesses, though? How do you think it would hurt the small businesses when you talk about the small businesses? I, 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 think, I think that it will hurt the small businesses because it talks about it will tax the big companies. But, Bishop, at the end of the day, a lot of these measures always start with it's going to attack the big companies, but it always comes down to the small businesses. The small businesses who make just, amount, just the amount or near the amount Small businesses who have already been struggling, who have already dealt with, who have already been dealt and property tax increase has no, it is not racist. It does not choose big and small. It is going to affect people who own properties, and that includes small businesses. Their funding and their taxpayer dollars will go into a public education system that this proposition has not committed to addressing the racism, the history, yeah, yeah. the black suspension rates up. Why would I want to invest in a public education system I wouldn't either, yeah. that is not going to address its problems when it comes to race, you know? And so if I'm going to invest more into a system, I want to make sure that system is going to address racial bias. I want to make sure that system is going to address the suspension rates where black youth are the highest. I don't believe investing in that kind of system right now is a smart idea, which which is what most of Prop 15 funding will go toward. Um, and then I do believe that it will affect small businesses as well. I believe small businesses will be taxed and they cannot afford it right now. And so I, I just think it's a bad way to implement funding into the public education system. Let's find another way to do it. Um, I'm, I'm encouraging citizens to vote no on Prop 15. I got you. But yeah. Prop 16. Well, well, let me just say a little bit about 16, Prop 15 right quick. Um, you know, yeah. and, and, I, okay. and, and I've been on both sides of the aisle on, on Prop 15, right? Because I don't want to see yeah. small businesses get hurt. Uh, you know, but at the right. same time, we do need to make sure that everything is fair. There's a fair playing field. And right now you have millionaires, billionaires, right, getting away with scot-free nothing. They got buildings that they are not paying uh, they might be only paying a very small fee for for their building because it's grandfather in or something like that. And then you got most of what they say is most of these businesses are already planned, paying it right. But there are some of these billionaire companies that are not paying it and want to bring it to a level. I, I believe in fairness. So everybody should be taxed fairly. And right now it's not fair. Right. It's not fair that. This billionaire yeah. over here pays small dollars, may pay ten dollars. I'm just using that example. Pay ten dollars. Why this other business over here that's not that's not even a billionaire millionaire is paying uh uh five hundred thousand dollars, you know, or something like that. And and that's how extreme, at least I see it is as far as how unequal it is when you look at property tax versus some people who are not paying that much since way back in the seventies and not paying that much on pay, uh, property tax, but others are paying actually what the market uh, says that you should be paying right here today. So I, you know, so I, and, and then I think that, you know, based on what it's talking about, it's talking about commercial and industrial or not, 
I think it's not uh, agricultural uh, commercial, but just the industrial commercial. And it doesn't affect residents, and it doesn't affect the small businesses unless they make $3 million or more. I believe that that's the way it's going to be. Now, I do agree with you 100% on up, and that's why you probably started there, because I agree with you 100% when it comes to the schools and, and the money being distributed fairly. I don't think it will. I really don't think it will, and I think black people will still be left behind on that part right there. So that's why I've always been right. torn between that, but I, I lean towards supporting Prop 15, but that's not one of those props that I will argue and, and, and vehemently for <laughs> because because yeah. for, for, for me, I was on one side, oh, I'm against it too, and then I heard the other side, oh, well, yeah, that's not bad, I'm for it. you know. So, so I've been back and forth with that one. Uh, but Prop 16, I think, right. you know, when you talk about Prop 16, at least from my perspective, when I first heard it, I was like, nah, man, you know, black people still going to be left out on that, too. You got people like Lorena Gonzalez, others that's pushing for it and so on because and women and other yeah. different folks. They push it because they know they're going to benefit from it. Right. But here's the thing that kind of well, like. Yeah, absolutely. Here's, absolutely. Here's and the Lorena thing that, Gonzalez wants to run. Lorena Gonzalez wants to run for secretary of state. So certainly, you know, I know that. Um, she's investing more money into Prop 16 than she is into money against Prop 22. Um, she's investing more money into Prop 16. Um, and, and I applaud her for that, but I certainly know there's motives here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so my thing is, is that, like, I'm for a black agenda, right? And, and, yeah. and when they talk about affirmative action, that's everybody, you know? But the thing that I did hear, right. I heard one brother say something that did, like, move me towards supporting Prop 16, right? Um, what he said was is that this opens up the door where you can specifically do something for black people, right? So when we push in a black agenda here in California, things like that, if we get this passed, then we can for sure push specific things in government for black people, right? Whether it's the mayor or whether it's yeah. the, the government or whatever. No, a firm act said you can do something, you can do something specifically for black people. So that's why I'm supporting it. I'm not supporting it in general because of what they do in general, but what it can lead to specifically that we can start calling on them to do specific things for black people in policy. But we have to have that written in policy, not just so much affirmative action, because we know that any policy that's been passed that's supposed, supposed to benefit black people, black people are the last people that benefit from it. And everybody else step on top of them to get ahead, right? And so we know that. We know that that is true. So my thing is, is that with this one is that what it can, what it opens the door for us to do some more work and, and get some other policy passed. Because if we're pushing a black agenda, we need to make sure that uh, there be no kind of a loophole where they can say, well, we can't do it because this law, you know, that says we can't do anything. We can't do something specific for have preference for a race. You know, now you can if Prop 16 right. passed. And that's what I like about it. And people right. say, oh, well, that's discrimination. Well, I, I don't care, you know, if it's discrimination. So what if it's discriminated? Black people have been discriminated against since we've been in this country. You just talked about that, right? So, you know, they'll do that. Yeah. Why they don't talk about that? The disparity and the, the, the racial wealth gap between no, black families and white families. Go ahead. No, absolutely. Prop... Prop 16 is a yes on my ballot. Um, and I encourage every San Diegan and every person uh, in the state of California to vote yes on Prop 16. What it essentially does is it overturns Prop 209, which was the worst disaster <laughs> of public Pete contracting <laughs> and affirmative action that happened in our state's history. Governor Pete Wilson was, was the lead of this uh, disastrous prop 209, it was disastrous. And let, let me tell you, uh, the unions for a long time 
liked Prop 209 uh, in many cases because it allowed it, it allowed, it did not put restrictions on unions, corporations, uh, and the construction sector for people to hire a diverse workforce and for that to be counted and for there to be a law in place to ensure that. So the erasing of affirmative action in California led to a lot of disparities among black construction workers, a lot of disparities among, you know, the education system, and, and you name it, you name it. So what this is, does is it puts in place a law that would require corporations and, 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 and sectors, the construction sector, the education sector, to have and bring on and, uh, and, and, and uh, approve students and uh, bring on contractors, a, a diverse coalition of everyone on your workforce, in your school, affirmative action. It's so needed in the state. The raising of affirmative action was disastrous for our state. And this is the way that we can now overturn this law, this horrible law that should have never been passed and should have been overturned yeah. years ago. We've had a Democratic supermajority for years, but they would not champion this. Assemblymember Shirley Weber, during this moment, which is the right time, I believe, with George Floyd and everything that has taken place in this country, questioning racial justice, Shirley Weber, our great Assemblywoman, found a path to get this through or get this or bring this uh, up to the platform during this moment. And there's a large coalition getting behind it and a large coalition supporting this. And this is the way we can overturn the horrible, uh, wrongful taking away of affirmative action. Affirmative action essentially makes businesses and schools and sectors have to hire and bring on a diverse workforce have a diverse classroom, and we need to ensure that we pass Prop 16, Prop 16, so that we can see diverse schools, diverse workforces, diverse labor, diverse uh, a lot of things across our state that would be diverse with the passing of Prop 16. Who's opposing Prop 16? Uh, I've seen that uh, that there are some the the former uh, one of the former deans of Berkeley uh, and various folks in the education space uh, 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 in the UC system have come out and 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 there's some uh, uh, in the uh, uh, construction in the labor realm uh, uh, who haven't been so vigorous or ha or against it and the reason why they are afraid is because Bishop this will mandate that. They have to have, uh, they have to bring people in based on the color of their skin, essentially. That's what this does. And it, it makes sure that they have diversity. And that would, they're afraid of, of a law like that. You know, uh, the, one of the former deans of Berkeley is saying that this would be a horrible idea because they're already graduating a ton of students of color and they don't need this law. Well, I disagree with that. A law needs to be put in place to make sure that all of these sectors have more accountability uh, when it comes to their workforce and when it comes to their uh, schools, uh, 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 that there's more accountability on affirmative action and specifically diversity. Amen. And, you know, so when we talk about Prop uh, 20, I agree. I'm, I'm for Prop 16. Let's vote. Let's get it passed. Let's vote on it and get it passed. All right. Uh, all right. Now, now, Prop 20. 
uh, is another one that is on the ballot. I'm against Prop 20 because it rolls back all the reforms that we have done, even AB 109, Prop 47, Prop 57. Prop 57 basically deals with direct filing with uh, youth and also uh, cut people's time. Once they've done their extra time, cut out the enhancements and so on that they may get yep. it with good time served. And yeah. Prop 47 with the uh, the six uh, different uh, uh, felonies that were reduced to uh, misdemeanors that were kind of like, you know, uh, petty crimes, writing bad checks, stealing something. And if it's over 900, if it's under $950, it'd be a misdemeanor. They're trying to reduce it back to $250 uh, where to be a felony against. Almost like they're, yeah. they're taking us backwards and want us to lock people back up again in, in these prisons. And I find that, you know, I, I you know, I find that, you know, the, uh, you know, like these police folks are pushing this and prosecutors and different folks like that are pushing for it, but it's a bad idea and it's a bad thing. Um, and I, I know I, I know you support Prop 20, don't you? No, no. I mean, you against. I'm sorry <laughs> for misrepresenting that. You 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 oppose Prop 20, right? And why? Tell us why. Tell us why. Absolutely. I I wholeheartedly oppose Prop 20, and I encourage every San Diegan and every person yeah. out there to vote no on Prop 20. This law would essentially roll back everything that we have been fighting for, Bishop, when it comes to criminal justice reform, when it comes to low minor offenses, offenses that really should not be hardly, uh, uh, harshly prosecuted. This would roll all of that work back. This would put criminal justice reform on the back burner for California. And it would essentially make a Newsom administration and a, and a state uh, uh, that 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 is supposed to be moving forward on these reforms, not moving backwards. This is supported by a bunch of prosecutors, by a bunch of people in law enforcement. And what they did, let me tell you what they did. They're smart. They let a bunch of law enforcement review and criminal uh, uh, police reform measures pass through. But then they're over here pumping all this money into Prop 20. <laughs> and it's because they want to see an increase in the jails. They are starting to lose people because California is leaning toward becoming more reforming in the prisons are starting to close. Governor Newsom just uh, closed the prison, and there's more prisons that will be closed. These prosecutors, people in the prosecutorial realm, typically our district attorneys and our law enforcement, they want Prop 20 to pass so they can get that money back in there, fill those cells back up, and get people in there who should not be in there in the first place. I don't even think people who have committed crimes, petty cash, $950, uh, you know, embezzlement crimes or whatever, I don't think those people should be in prison. I believe that there should be programs and services that pretty much circle these people back into society and gives them a slap on the wrist to understand that they don't make those mistakes again and they move forward with their life. We should not be prosecuting crimes for low minor offenses. That's right. People should be able to circle back into society. We need more re rehabilitation and less re re and less recidivism, and we need to be able to invest in uh, 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 prevention services, in, in services that get people back into society. So it's a no for me on Prop 20. This is nothing but... Uh, getting tough on crime, three strikes you're out kind of policy making uh, that that was created by your most conservative leaders in the state of California. 
And this would be nothing but roll back criminal justice reform efforts that we have long fought for. Yeah, you know, so who do you know in, in San Diego and law enforcement that's supporting it? Anybody come out and supporting it the, uh, 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 publicly? Any of the, like, the sheriffs or the prosecutors? Anybody? I haven't seen... Police? I haven't seen any uh, uh, that they're supporting this this proposition, and I believe oh. that vote. Um, and the rest of the board of supervisors decided to vote yes on uh, Prop 22. So the board of supervisors have endorsed Prop 22, um, but I haven't heard of anybody else really pushing hard yes on on Prop 22. Okay, have you seen any um, polls on it? Because I know, like, when Prop 57 is showing some of the polls and it was, like, really doing well. But um, uh, what about Prop 20? Is it failing or, or people saying they, they're going to support it? Uh, have you seen any, any polls? Well, on it? I don't think it's – yeah, I don't, I don't know what the polls are looking like. Yeah, I haven't seen any that. polls. Yeah. Um, I, I'm guessing that a lot of people expect it to fail. I hope uh, so. I don't I, – I, I don't believe – I don't believe that uh, all of the criminal justice folks and everybody involved in uh, you know, on 22, I've seen more energy that way. Uh, and let me tell you something else about this, Bishop. This is something, a no on 22 is something that a lot of uh, people in intersectional communities across uh, our, our regions uh, uh, agree with voting no on 22. Black people, white people, brown people, um, because it essentially affects... Uh, every race. And then I'm going to tell you, you got a lot of white people who are getting involved prop, in prop the criminal justice system 22? because they're starting to see Prop 20. Sorry, Prop okay. 20. Okay. A lot of people are getting involved in voting no on Prop 20 because they, you know, from all races, because they know that these policies have not just affected black and brown people, but affected white people. And so I've, I've seen energy uh, against Prop 20. Um, haven't seen a whole lot of folks coming out for it, uh, but you know it's a sneaky thing. People need to vote no on twenty-two uh, to ensure to protect uh, you know 20, our futures 20, because 20. <laughs> this is a dangerous proposition yeah. that would roll back seven fifty-seven and all of our foreign policies. Absolutely, and you know that you know, and the thing is that people don't realize, and that's why I mean I try to get people to understand, especially white people that are my friends. I try to get them to understand that, you know, you're looking at it from a perspective of of like um, crime and tough on crime. And we got to stop this. We can't let these sex because what they use, they say these murderers and sex uh, uh, violent offenders and sex uh, uh, offenders and all these <laughs> folks, you know, uh, they, they're just going to be released in the streets in the prison. And that don't even happen now. Right. You know, the parole boards are tough on people. I got homeboys right. that got 15 years of life. It's over 30 years and they still in there. Right. You know, some got 25 life in this way over that time. Pro boards are tough, especially on black people. And so, you know, so the, the, the and that's who it affects mostly. Right. So when you talk about an individual being sentenced, a black person, white person being sentenced for robbery, nine times out of 10, that black person is going to get enhancements. Right. Because either he's been labeled in a gang or part of a gang or something right. like that or 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 uh, have committed another crime and a strike and all that other kind of stuff. And so black people get, are, are impacted by this way more than anyone else. And, and with the enhancement, so it does help 
when you're able to take those enhancements out to even a level field, right? Because you have white folks and other folks that are not getting enhanced. When they see a black person, oh, let's find a way to get them some enhancements, right? My my nephew, you know, um, he's locked up in prison right now. Yeah. But a, a few years ago, before he got locked up, and he's going to trial because they're trying to um, violate him on probation and all of that. And that was one of the first things they wanted to throw up was gang stuff. He wasn't never. He really wasn't in a gang, right? You know. And 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 even the um uh the the uh, the um. Uh, the judge was like, well, this is not a gang thing, is it? <laughs> you know, why are you bringing that up? You know, and so uh, you find it whenever black people um, are are being sentenced and convicted, you're going to always see the most ruthless sentence, harshest sentence that are, that they can get. And and that's plain and simple. Yep. So Prop 57 evens the playing field because it allows people who are in prison shouldn't be in there because they rehabilitate their life. They're not a threat to anybody. They're not a danger to anybody. They're not a harm to anybody, right? And they still they and they still yeah. you know get out. My sister's in prison right now, and um, under Prop 47, she really should it really should have been a misdemeanor, right? But she bit someone, so then it becomes a felony. So even now under Prop 47, they still can charge you with a felony if you do certain things, right? Because if you if you steal something and and in the process somebody gets touched in the wrong way, that's a felony. And so we don't need we don't need uh, uh, these to, to roll somebody back. Somebody gets anything. what? Huh? What'd you say? You said if somebody gets what? If somebody, if somebody like if if I'm um, um, stealing somebody's money, taking somebody's money, right? And in the process of taking their money, right. I yank their money out of their hand, but I yank them too, and they fall. That becomes not just a petty theft. Right. That becomes a felony because the person yeah. fell, right? And so because right. it becomes right. assault and so on. And so they can still, you know, when it if, people, if, if it gets violent, they can black charge people. people. These will be black people who will exactly. be in prison. Exactly. Exactly. Will exactly. Be black people. <laughs> these 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 are these are uh, these are uh, what you call you know uh, 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 cat calls or or you know how how do you say it you know these are these are uh, 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 switch and bait calls. Yeah. To get you know this prop twenty is a, it's it's a it's a it's a you know a call. To get more black people locked up. That's all that this proposition is. And right. I encourage people to vote no on it. Amen. Amen. So the last thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh the uh the, the mayoral candidates race, right? Cause uh I was reading an article right. today in the paper in regards to, you know, uh, uh Tyler and Barbara Bree both saying they got all these different endorsements and stuff. And uh I saw your name in there. Yeah. And and, and I saw a lot of other, you know, highly Influential, black influentials and popular people, either on one side or the other, right? Um, you know, and on uh, yeah. when it comes to the mayoral candidate candidacy, uh, so you know, with me, I haven't, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm really not. I work with anybody to do right, unite with anybody to do right, nobody do wrong, as Frederick Douglass said. But I haven't, like, I'm not in support of either one of these candidates. Uh, I don't think that they they they're doing talk but when it comes push come to shove and it comes to dealing with uh specific things for black Wait, I thought, people i thought you in, I, I thought you endorsed todd gloria no i like todd gloria but i didn't endorse todd gloria um because uh, uh, todd gloria oh, well he's running you he's running you as an endorsement i didn't see that when when you see that where do you see that at <laughs> he ran you as an when? he ran you as an months ago you, you, excuse me you're breaking up say that again what did he say he ran you as an endorsement he ran you as an endorsement a couple months ago i saw it on twitter oh okay well i didn't see it and i'm not endorsing and of course i wasn't in the paper today 
They they didn't even call the interview to show you how low I am. They didn't yeah, even call yeah, the yeah. interview me asking what I think. <laughs> so, but you and who do you endorse? Yeah, but you may you may you may you you may want to address that because I'm gonna look at that. I'm gonna look at that endorsement. And if you haven't, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, if you have if you haven't endorsed him, you know. But uh, you know, who here's you the endorse? thing. Um, I I've endorsed Barbara Bree for Why? mayor. Um, I firmly believe. I firmly believe in her leadership. Um, you know, I don't, first of all, it's her leadership. And, and I think that the city of San Diego has been ran by men for centuries, for, for decades. You had a, a, I don't you had think a woman mayor before. The men that have been in, We had a, mayor, a woman mayor before. Huh? Marina, what's her name? Marina O'Connor? We O'Connor? did. Susan Golding. Yeah. Su- yeah. Susan Golding. And, uh, and, yeah, we had two. Okay, uh, okay. I'm just saying that was that one. Yeah, so we had a couple of them then. Yeah, so for decades though, we have not had a woman in charge of the city. And I I, I just believe that this is the time for a woman to lead in the city of San Diego. But I think bigger than all of that, Bishop, Barbara Bree was Well, let me let me, let me just stop you right there. Let me just say this. Look. Let me just say this because I know you I asked you a question in regards to that, but because you I want to interject because you just said something right there, right? In regards to a woman, yeah. right? We need a woman. It's time for a woman because we haven't yeah. had a woman in a while. We have never had. Have we ever had a black person for mayor? Because it's time for no, a black person. A I black mean, if, person. if they want to make that argument for that, then I think that you know it's really time yeah. for a black person to be a mayor, right? Because there's never yeah, been a black but, mayor. Yeah. There's been well, a we, woman we, mayor and a man mayor, but never a black mayor. That's and we have to be cognitive that neither one of these candidates are black. <laughs> That's okay. Right. Um, so when so so when Todd Gloria so when when Todd Gloria touts because you know I'm gonna get on this right here because I want us to be educated. When Todd Gloria touts that he will be the first person of color, that's exactly what he is essentially saying. It's not he will not be. He's not black. and not representing black people. He either. does not understand. He does not represent black people, and he does not understand the plight of black people, right. and neither does Barbara. Right. Here's what I will say, though. Here's what I will say. I'm on the issues. So I've made an investment in this race without bullying the other side. I don't believe that we need to bully people to take a position who we want to support, whoever lines up with our values. Right. Barbara Bree, I've been an independent all of my life. I've been an independent thinker. I have had to fight independently. I know what it is to fight against against the powers that be. I know what it is to stand up to big, big, you know, big political interests and all of that. And I believe that Barbara Bree's independence is what strikes me automatically at the forefront. How is she independent? She's an independent woman because she's been in business her whole life. She has started successful businesses. She's ran them. She sold them. She was able to establish them, and she was also able to establish wonderful nonprofits that actually passed on some of the women leaders that we see in leadership now. Uh, uh, you know, black and white and Latino women who who are in leadership roles have gone through Run Women Run organizations that she founded. So when I look at Todd Gloria, who's been in politics his whole life, he's been a council member. He's been an assembly member. He's been in politics his whole life. And then I look at Barbara Bree, 
who's been an independent businesswoman, established her own money, established her own background, established her own infrastructure. That's automatically the first thing I see in this race. And I tend to lean toward the person who is not as supported by big political interests. Because here's what we have to understand. When big political involved in local cities, we don't get the reform and, and the renewal and the rethinking and the reimagining in our politics, in our political, in our city hall that we're supposed to have. And Barbara Bree is not bought by Facebook and all of these big, big, big money. She's bought by her own money. She's established herself. She's been able to build herself. And she has her own money. So that automatically strikes me. She's not bought by the unions. She's not bought by any of that. But here's a couple of points. In 2018, Bishop, Barbara Bree was one of three, one of four council members who was fighting to establish an independent police commission. She believed in 2018 that the, that the, the Citizens Review Board in the city of San Diego was weak and didn't have the teeth that it needed and she believed that subpoena power and independence must be in a police commission. She supported that in 2018. She only had four votes, so she could not get it. It could not pass in 2018 because there was only a few that voted for it. She brought it back and fought for it to come back in this year, which she voted this year to place Measure B on the ballot, which would create the city's first independent police commission with subpoena power. Barbara Bree was among the first in the county to support AB 392. And she has been a continuous person who has been have a strong perspective on bringing community policing back to the forefront in this uh, mayor's race. She's been the only one who has brought a policy forward saying that, that, that she will ensure the San Diego police has to uh, hire and recruit in the communities that they want to police in. That is a big thing. Todd Gloria has not committed to, the, to that effort specifically. She has a policy. Bishop, she's the only one in this, in this race that has a policy on how she's going to connect a education system that, it, that quite honestly has failed our children because of the COVID-19 pandemic these kids that are five and six and seven and eight, they cannot, they do, they, they're having a hard time on Zoom and on these video conferencing. Because I'll tell you, if I was five years old, seven years old, I wouldn't want to be going to school on no Zoom. <laughs> and so our education yeah. system has failed our children, and she wants to find a way to appoint the city's first ever school engagement coordinator in the mayor's office, a school engagement coordinator that will work hand-in-hand hand with the school district to ensure that equity goes from the school to the home and the mayor oversees the people, the school district oversees the students. She wants to bring the two together by appointing the school engagement coordinator. I love that idea. That's leadership. There's another policy that she has. Then she has a perspective that I agree with on density. We want to build affordable housing, Bishop, but we don't want to move the people in these communities like Southeast San Diego who grew up in Emerald Hills, who have homes in Emerald Hills and, and uh, um, in Oak Park and in Skyline. 
we don't want these communities to be pushed and shoved out by building all of this housing when we can build it along the transit lines and still do affordable housing but keep community homes intact. These are all ideas that Barbara Bree supports and that she has policies for. And then she has a balanced approach to the homeless problem. Bishop, I was 18 years old, dropped off downtown San Diego with an emancipation letter and a bag and a birth certificate by the foster care system with nowhere to go. That is messed up. I went homeless for, huh? I said that was messed up. It was, and I went homeless for about two months. It was a wraparound program named New Alternatives that had transitional housing for foster youth exiting the system. I got into that program. I got a social worker. I got a wraparound support system, and I got housing. Barbara Bree has a balanced perspective to solving the city's homeless crisis. I don't believe that we solved the homeless crisis by having this big affordable housing plan with no plan to build sustainable people. And if we need to do that, we need to, a mayor who will put pressure on the county board of supervisors to provide wraparound mental health and substance abuse services to our unsheltered populations so that when we put them in a home, they also become sustainable people and we're building sustainable housing. That's how you solve a homeless problem. And you know, Bishop, that you can take the hood, you can take somebody out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of them. We need a mayor who understands that you can take somebody off of the streets, but if you don't build them up and provide and challenge and build wraparound efforts, you will never solve this city's horrible homeless crisis. Barbara Bree believes that a balanced approach must happen. Todd Glory, on the other hand, is imbalanced on this issue. He wants to build a bunch of housing while not focusing on challenging Nathan Fletcher and the Board of Supervisor to bring in more wraparound resources. And he has not been focusing on wraparound resources in this campaign. He's been focusing on housing. Barbara Bree is focused on a balanced approach. The city builds affordable housing while challenging the county to provide more wraparound services. Yes, everybody's not a drug addict. Yes, everybody's not on drugs. Everybody's not uh, has not, does not have mental health issues. But at the same time, everybody needs a support system. And the county can provide those wraparound resources to our homeless population. We need to think strategically about how we solve the homeless problem, not just do something because it looks good. And I think that has been the long problem with the city of San Diego. Todd Gloria is endorsed by Jerry Sanders. He He's endorsed by on, on multiple levels uh, by some of the same establishment that has been the problem in San Diego. Kevin Faulkner has been a problem for San Diego, and he's done a horrible job. We don't need somebody who's going to continue the legacy of these two breathless giants who have done nothing to address systemic racism, who have done nothing to address job innovation for communities south of the eight, who have done nothing to address homelessness. We don't need that to continue. We need a new approach, an independent approach, and I believe Barbara Bree is that approach. So 
so here's the thing. I know that that um, Todd Gloria and Barbara Bree, they agree on a lot. I know with the housing and, and how they build them and all that kind of stuff, they disagree on, and there's a couple of things. But for the most part, they kind of look the same, right? Um, my thing is, it's a couple of things with Barbara Bree and Todd Gloria, right? So, because I know you're pushing Barbara Bree, I'm not pushing either one. But um, it's number one with 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 when you talk about police reform, right? All they're all they're, yeah. Neither one that when you talk about the uh, the commission on uh, policing and uh, the 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 CRB or whatever terms we want to use to call that and so on. The thing we must not forget with that is that it was Monica Montgomery that pushed that, and I don't believe it would have got through if Monica Montgomery was not on the PSLN and pushed that through. And so not Barbara Bree. Number two, I believe that. Uh, they knew because I heard I was at the, I, you probably was there, too. I was there when they voted for AB 392 uh, that it was watered down. Right. And so, you know, even though Todd Gloria waited until after it was watered down, it was already talking. Shirley Weber, when she was there, she talked about they were in negotiations right now uh, to change AB 392 and so on when Barbara B. voted on that. Right. She did not. None of them made a bold move when they voted for prop. 392 none of them made a bold move when they voted for and put in the crb right because the crb is not going to stop black oppression in the community with the way the police are doing right now so when you talk about issues that come down to seriousness of dealing with the real police issue neither todd gloria nor baba Bree are supporting it right because one of the one of the policies wait 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 one of the ordinances i listened to you one of the ordinances because i knew you're gonna try to jump in that's why i didn't i didn't interrupt you because <laughs> Well, I want to take no, no, no. I want to take us back. I want to take us back to 2016, but I, because you said Monica Montgomery, which I great greatly acknowledge. Oh, you talking when she voted before race, Monica Montgomery's in? Okay, I, I accept that. I accept that part. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And Monica Montgomery, Monica Montgomery did lead the push when she got on the council. Right. But I want to take you back to 2016 when Mon when there was no Monica Montgomery, when there was the Myrtle Cole. And you and I were pushing with Women Occupy San Diego yeah. for an independent I police I was commission I was with there. subpoena power. Yeah. Yeah, I was there on that yeah. vote. I was there on that vote. And so when you so when you talk about um police reform, like one of the ordinances we're trying to get pushed, I'm, I know you heard about it, protect. Preventing over policing through equitable community treatment, right? And that would end racial yeah. profiling. It would end uh, pretext stops where individual police use uh, your taillight being out to stop you because you're black so that they can investigate you, so they can ask if you're on probation, search your car, do all these different kind of things, right? And so when it comes to, to um, Ty Gloria and a Baba Bree, neither one of them want to come close to supporting this, right? They do not want to support real reform. They'll reach for the low-hanging fruits like uh, uh, um, uh, the eight can wait. They'll reach, they'll uh, go for low stuff like the CRB, right? Because that's not on the front end. It's kind of just like when we talk about some of the other reforms. It's like on this end, like when they talk about Trump, you're doing a step back, but still in the community, you're arresting and, 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 and putting a lot of folk, black folks in jail and stuff. So you're not really fixing it if you don't deal with the front in and so we must deal with the front end first and that's the thing that Barbara Bree and Ty Gloria do not want to deal with because both of them I'm gonna be honest with you both of them are scared of the police union they're scared of the police one way or another even though um, Ty Gloria got endorsed by the police union uh, Barbara Bree is trying to uh, reach to those people who support police and so in, 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 yeah, in, in but, this city but. because when people when people uh, are going to vote they're going to make sure that no you're supporting police that's why neither one of them say I don't support defund the police i don't but, but here's but but here's but but i want to take you up on that point real quick okay because 
Here's why Andrea St. Julian, the author of Measure B, the reason why we have a Measure B, uh, and the reason why people can mark yes on Measure B is Andrea St. Julian, an author, I mean, a great attorney in our region who wrote Measure B in Dorsey Barbara Bree. And the reason why is because in 2018, Bishop, you're saying, why didn't Barbara Bree get the endorsement of the police unions? It's because Barbara Bree in 2018 with Councilmember Montgomery voted in support of uh, of an independent police commission when it wasn't popular. And the police unions then decided, oh no, she's out. If she has any political higher aspirations, <laughs> she's out. Todd Gloria on the other side wrote a easy path to trying to run for mayor and cruised past police accountability because he was in Sacramento in, in dealing with Sacramento and the police unions endorsed Todd because he doesn't have much of a record on police but accountability Shane, where he even but that's I understand that done. but here look at look at this nobody I, even the mayor and and the police union was saying that they they forced uh this this um measure B right even though I know underground you got some opposition cuz cuz I know um standings for justice are saying they're facing a lot of hostility and opposition to get to, to make it fail but I think the it, the, the measure is going to pass overwhelmingly but what I'm saying is 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 two things number 1 is that this is low hanging fruit number 1 it's easy to support number 2 what I'm also saying is is that Barbara Bree it, uh, the people that she wants to vote for her supports police and she want to make sure that she's not going to be supporting anything that's going to go against the grain of those folks that will vote for her. Even though Todd got the endorsement of the police union, maybe they may not like a uh, Barbara Bree, but the people that support police and, and where and how those flags flying with the thin blue line. Right. Uh, those people. They, those are the votes that she's trying to get, and that's why she's not willing to do any re, any real reform. And Todd Gloria too, both of them, right? Both of when it comes to police reform, and, and we're going to see this when we get when they get whoever becomes mayor, we're going to see it that they are not going to support real reform. That highly, and they oh, they want to end. I when they looked at their issues, they're going to address and their policy, their platform, their plans, and all that kind of stuff. They'll mention black people and didn't say other communities. No, I want to know, make sure. Well, that's that why. Well, that's why. Well, that's why the work that me and you do is really important. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we can get whoever we want in office. But at the end of the day, like I told KUSI the other day when I uh, talked about my endorsement of Barbara Bree, I will hold her accountable just as much as I will hold Todd accountable. And I will hold Todd accountable just as much as I will hold Barbara accountable. Neither one of them are going to get off when it comes to Shane Harris. Now, I know there's other people who are in bed with him and in bed with her, and they don't want to say nothing, and they don't want to shake no trees. Let me tell you something. I, know I have you supported will. people and shook <laughs> and shake their tree to its core. And I will be shaking Barbara Bree's tree if she becomes mayor. Better believe it. She will not be mayor and, and her tree not shake. And I hope that citizens who are voting in this election are ready to know that you can get who you want in office, but if you don't do the work That's to right. hold them accountable, then it means nothing. That's right. Because That's at right. the end of the day, just like you said, they will fail black people. And I told, I called them both out on Twitter, even now, recently. I saw it, I, I saw three, it. I called them both out. <laughs> because they both have failed to address black people. That's right. And let me tell you, in this city, 
in this city, we have a dying black population, Bishop. I talked about it. Young black millennials yep. are leaving in droves. They're going to other cities yep. across the country That's where right. it's more thriving, where they have a more thriving black culture. They're going to other cities where the quality of life is better, where they can find affordable housing, where they can live in a better comfort and around more culture. Mm -hmm. And they're going to those cities. And they're leaving San Diego, even across the state. They're leaving San Diego, going to Sacramento and to other suburbs yeah. where they feel like they're, they're, they can build a better place for their family. Yeah. And both candidates have failed to address what they will specifically do for black people. That's right. When you talk about a black agenda, they, they totally have. And this is the thing I've been saying for years, right? Because I'm always looking at the census, looking at the numbers each year and so on. And one of the things that you, you I found is what you just said is that blacks are leaving, right? And 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 so I, yeah. I call the city of San Diego as unfriendly to black people, right? It's hostile to black people, right? When 219% of, uh, of, of, of black people stop 219% more, than white people uh, per population, yeah. we got a problem. I mean, I saw Barbara B. She put that on her, her page and all that. But then when it comes to real reform, she ain't offering us. She got some loud, powerful black people behind her, including you and so on. But it amazes me that... And Genevieve Jones, yeah. right? No, i seen all that. That's what I'm talking Andrea about. And it, and, and it amazes me that they don't that she doesn't yeah. have any... She doesn't have any real like reforms on her platform. You know, I'm talking a real issue. You can do all this rhetoric and say that we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but unless you have some policy initiative, well, she does. She, some she initiative that you say you're going to pass. She has a Let me tell you something about policy. community policing uh, that people talk about community policing because I I've, I've done that right. I've worked with police and walked the streets with them, knocked on doors and all that, went to parks, walked the community, everything with the police, trying to get them to do that, right? Trying to get them to implement procedural justice and so on. But let me tell you something, the lesson that I've learned in that, unless you deal with the front end, all you're doing is kicking over that bucket of water. You could talk about police-oriented policing if you want and say you're going to implement that, but the black community is still going to hate you. Dang. When you get out of the car and talk to you, they're going to walk away from you because why? You're still treating right. us bad over here. You're still harassing us. You're still doing this racial profile filing you're still over uh, overwhelmingly arresting us more than any other race a black a white person is arrested uh, uh, 32 white people are arrested per 1,000 122 black people are arrested per 1,000 and so that's a problem when a black person use of force is used on a black person five times more than a white person that's a problem when uh, uh in the san diego Great. county uh, when a black person is killed seven times more than a white person by the police, that's a problem, right? Now, they can talk about what you, what they're going to do, but if you don't get on the front end and deal with that kind of stuff, that's a problem. And the other thing that I would say in yeah, regards and, and to— both, and, both, and, both, and both candidates, both candidates have failed to adequately address our community on this issue specifically. So— you know, I, I continue to challenge both of them Amen. Uh, in this space, and 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 specifically Barbara Bree because I've endorsed her. Right. Um, I've been on her back. She'll tell you I'm texting her on pretext stops. I've texted her on uh, uh, and called her uh, per personally. Called her to uh, uh, even in these last days create more policies and announce them. Um, and and I'm and I I'm hopeful that she will uh, 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 be doing something on that. But I think ultimately, Bishop, we have to remember that inequity for black people in this city runs uh, 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 not just with policing, but also with homelessness. Everything. Over 20% of our homeless population are African-Americans. Thank uh, you. And, 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 and over 3% of the population, uh, we found out through a partnership that the People's Alliance for Justice and the Regional Task Force on the Homeless partnered uh, earlier this year for the first time ever, we are counting the, ho the homeless population 
to see how many in the general homeless population were once in foster care, we found out that 3% of our homeless population in San Diego was formerly in child welfare. Who also admitted to being in child welfare at one point. So we have a lot of work to do, Bishop, yeah. when it comes to addressing African-American issues uh, within our city, specifically across the line, policing, homelessness, on so many levels, uh, uh, you know, and, and then education, which I like the idea that Barbara Bree will appoint a school engagement court help to address some of these inequities. Uh, she has a plan to uh, uh, open breaking up. I think you're breaking up. Slow down. Is it the broadband? Oh. Uh, early manufacturing. Big deal. That's that's that's. Oh. We kind of lost How's you that? there a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, but we got you now. We got you. You're there. Is that better? Yeah, 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 you're there. Oh, and, and let me just say that because I know we run out of time. But I, man, I enjoy this conversation, but me and you, yeah. we, we're having a civil. Y'all don't see us when we're behind closed doors. <laughs> me and Shay. <laughs> but uh, but we, we, we're civil right now. But um, uh, one of the other things I wanted to say about that, because when you touch on homelessness, when you touch on education, when you touch on employment, right, when you touch on all these different things and when we talk about equity and so on, uh, one of the things that's why and you I know you agree because you already talked about it, uh, but I just want to reiterate that the fact that is that both neither one of them, when they address all these issues, they don't have a black agenda. They don't have anything specifically that they're going to deal with black people on. Right. And the thing, one of the things that I had a problem with Ice Cube's um, uh, uh, a contract with Black America was is that he talked about. Uh, I believe it. Uh, I, I forget what, what he was actually talking about. He's talking about a certain percentage, and he said it should be at the same rate as the population of black people when they do this. Uh, I don't know if it's education, employment, or something like that. Yeah. But my thing was, it's like, no, it's shit, man, because we're lagging behind. There's no equity. Equality don't bring equity, right? You can have equality, and we still yeah. lag. If, if if I'm right, if if white folks are right here and black people are right here, and then you say we're gonna treat, we're gonna give everybody ten percent, then everybody just moves up ten percent. It's still uh, in, it's still an inequity with blacks. So there's a whole lot of work that need if you want to bring equity there's a whole lot of work that need to be done specifically in the black community for black people for black businesses for black education for black housing all of that specifically where you where you have to target that population going to have policies that that are geared towards helping that population and lift that population don't come to me talking about black and people of color black and others and all this kind of stuff i want to know specifically what you're going to do for black people how you're going to uh, raise it up how you're going to uh, uh, uh bring us bring out bring us out of this poverty that we're in and bring us to a place where there's equity where there's an even pie when you look at all the various areas of what they call equity right and right now we're lagging behind right. in every single one of them so i don't care what they do equally right now if they do it equally it's still not going to bring us up to where we need to be so there's a lot of work that they got to start with black people and they're doing the same part johnny probably... johnny johnny what have you done for me lately? thank you thank you, thank you. <laughs> but hey man uh uh, uh 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 this was a good conversation any closing words you want any closing words you want to say well no i i just want to i just want to say this at the outset um it's an important election and I hope that people out there understand how important this is and get involved, get registered. Tomorrow's the last day to last day to register in California, October 19th. You can register all day tomorrow um, and you, you can you can visit the register of voters uh, office here in San Diego. You, you can also do it online. Just look up register to vote San Diego. Uh, you'll find uh, uh, resources there on Google. And, and, and ultimately, I want to encourage people. Vote your interests. Yeah. Vote 
for who connects best with who you are. Right. Vote for the interest that you have in whatever race. That's right. And then I'm going to tell you, for black people, you will feel like all of them, everybody, is failing, which they are. But vote for whatever's closest to what you want to see. And then push those people Down the to the policies and the reforms that you want to see when they get into office. But it is your decision. It is ultimately on you. And let me tell you, with this mayor's race in San Diego which I believe is the single-handedly most important race in the county beside District 3 County Board of Supervisors is uh, because that's another race that's going to determine a lot. But in the city of San Diego, the mayor's race is critical. We have been failed for far too long. Kevin Blank Suit Faulkner has failed yes. the people yes. of San Diego. Too many bad deals one of which Todd Gloria was a part of, 101 Street. Oh, yeah. Wasted a lot of money that came out of our pockets. And, and I'm going to tell you, I saw a consultant to Todd Gloria, a, a campaign consultant, right on Twitter that, it, that the people don't care about 101 Street. Let me tell you, they do care if they understand right. what it is. Yeah. When our money is invested in a building where nobody is, is working in, and taxpayer dollars, over $15,000 a day, I believe, or near that amount, spent a day, millions gone of our taxpayer dollars to a blank building with nobody in it, you better care about it. Because that's your money that could have been invested in COVID-19 disproportionalities in the pandemic that could have gone into the communities who have been hit most. So it does matter encourage people to study your ballot that's up right. and down. That's right. Vote your interest and ultimately for the for the mayor's race we are split in the black community like never before. We've got leaders on Barbara Bree's side. We've got leaders on Todd Gloria's side and we've got leaders in the middle who have not endorsed and people down the line who are trying to figure out what to do. Ultimately we have to vote our interest and we're going to have to push both of these people to the platform for black people. Amen. Todd Gloria is not going to be any more persistent than Barbara Bree because he's a person of color. Or Barbara Bree is not going to be any more, any more persistent because she didn't get the police union endorsement. Mm -hmm. Both of them are going to have to be pushed and held to accountable to the communities that they said they would go represent. And those of us who endorsed and supported them, it is on us to hold them to account. So believe me when I say we are going to hold them accountable. Get ready because after November 3rd, you're going to have to get up off of your butt, get out of bed, and get ready to make democracy Start working, work. that's right. Because like Bob Filner, because like Mayor Bob Filner used to say, if you, uh, uh, if, uh, uh, make me govern, you are going to have to make your Congress people, your, I know we got an important congressional race yeah. in San Diego. Yeah. You have to make whoever wins Congress, whoever wins, uh, whoever wins uh, the mayor. Uh, 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 the, the, we got a judicial debate on Tuesday. The People's mm -hmm. Alliance for Justice is mm -hmm. doing a judicial debate. Mm -hmm. We got Tim Nader and Paul Starita who are running for judge in our county. You need to know who they are. Sign up and attend the forum. It's on Tuesday at 3 p.m. 
via Zoom, you can go to peoplesallianceforjustice.net and sign up at the top of the page. Whatever you do, get engaged, study your ballot, and get with it because you are going to have a lot of work to do come November 4th because you're going to have to vote. You're going to have to hold everybody who wins accountable to the communities that you represent and they said that they would represent. So get ready because the real fight is after November 3rd. That's right. And that is what we're going to have to get ready for. Amen. With that said, we're going to go ahead and close out on slow motion with Bishop Bowser, the Shafat Outreach Podcast. And, you know, of course, this video will be is posted on Facebook. So please share it later on. And when we finish, you can share it and so on. And we'll be issuing our podcast a little later on once we edit and get it together and so on. We'll be getting that going. But thank and you. Councilwoman, Councilwoman Monica Montgomery for council president in the city of San Diego. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I, I, you know, <laughs> hey, I, you know, look, you guys are something else, man, because I, I shouldn't say with you, but, you know, uh, a voice in San Diego said, made a statement that, you know, it, you know, she, she, you know, she may not want that, you know, because it's been very unsuccessful with the rest of the presidents that took over. They didn't get too much done. Yeah. And like it's that. a tough job. And I'm like, I, I agree it's with that. Job. I agree with that too. Right. You know, so, uh, and, and, and you know, I, I know you got in trouble in the past when you call people out, even those who the community don't care if they do right or wrong, they're going to still defend them <laughs> and stuff. But we still got to do that, right? We still, I don't care who it is. I don't care who the president <laughs> is. If they don't do right, we got to call them out. At least I am. I'm, 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 nobody gets a pass with me. And, yeah. and that means Monica Montgomery or whoever well, it's else. How, it's or how you do it. Now, you know, Jim Campbell's running against her I've now, heard. right? Yeah, I heard. And you know what? And what I will say is it's how it's how you yeah. call people out. Yeah. I don't agree with everything Councilwoman. I don't agree with everything Councilwoman Montgomery does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't agree with anybody uh, on, on everything. Right. Um, but what I will say is I have learned that you can be respectful and critique exactly. at the same time. Exactly. And exactly. And, and, uh, and and that's what I, I believe. Uh, I'm going to hold you to account if you're black, white, yellow, blue, no brown, who you are. green, yeah. red, you will be held accountable. Exactly. And I agree with you. With that said, we're done with uh, slow motion with uh, Bishop Bowser. And I thank um, Reverend Shane Harris for being on the show with us. And uh, God bless you guys. And h- hold on in there, uh, Shane.